We do have a ton to get through in this episode. Common sense is finally prevailing. There was controversy this month, Dave. I'm not particularly excited by that. Secrets and things on set. I haven't told them anything. I think this is just good times all round. Every Doctor Who is liked by somebody and that's a really good thing. Davo, my Doctor. I know we disagree on this one. First world problems, Dave. I get why fans are asking those questions. Oh gosh, that's actually quite a lot to talk about. It doesn't compute. It's the elephant in the room. That's okay. Fandom versus the BBC. The cardinal sin. Moving along. Lunch. Hello and welcome to the Doctor Who show for January 2023. I'm Dave. I'm Richard. And I'm Mark. And once again we are joined from our friends Richard from Spacefall and Mark from 42 to Doomsday. Thanks for coming along. Thank you for having us again. Yes. We're going to do a couple of our usual summer games and have a bit of fun, a bit of a chat. But first we actually have got a couple of news items to discuss. And gentlemen, I know you don't normally do news on your podcast, but... <laughs> no, we're always late. <laughs> <laughs> It's been and gone. <laughs> but I will quickly get your thoughts on a couple of things that have dropped since the Doctor Who show's last episode. Sure. But thank you for coming along. No, thank you. Now, you probably have seen that Shooty Gatwa's costume as the 15th Doctor dropped. What are you vibes on what I've termed a young Christopher Eccleston look? Did you? Okay. Well, I thought when I first saw it, it was more like a Rupert the Bear look. Um, <laughs> and I think then, I think in our chat group, Dave, I think you sort of made a comment that it looked like something out of my 70s lounge or something like that. Uh, it's, look, it's very different. It's very 70s. It is it's very, it's very Ron Burgundy, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> it is. Well, it's funny, I was thinking, I, growing up in the, in the 70s, I remember we did have a house with brown walls and a bright orange bench top, so... It, it, it did. Yeah. I did make the comment. Yes, it does look like the colours of every piece of fur- furniture in Melbourne in about 1980. Yes. I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm interested to see what happens when the cosplayers start oh, yes. to get into it. Yeah, <laughs> but I thought it was all right. I think, look, look, it's, it, it's yeah. very Russell T Davies, isn't yeah. it? Mm. Yeah, it, it's very just enough of a Doctor vibe to get away with it, but yeah. very you could wear this in normal civilization. Yeah, it's it's not an Edwardian frock coat. No, it's a more modern look, but he's keeping the tash. Mm. Well, that was that's that's the actually big question I was going to ask: Is the tash staying or going? Because uh, I saw some pictures with him without the tash. I was getting all, I was getting confused. Ooh, tash gate. Okay. So, uh, well, yeah, well, I got the feeling that those videos that they circulated were them on set filming. Mm. So, if he's filming with the moustache, I guess it's happening. Yeah, uh, yeah. Mm. Well, yeah. this is the big thing to wait for. Will the yeah. doctor keep them out? Yeah. Uh, yeah, look, yeah. I mean, look, they're obviously very excited and keen to be doing it, which yeah, is all good. Yeah, that's good. No. There's a lot of positivity around. Yes. I will note here that Rob, who is much more into costumes than I am, did immediately leap onto our YouTube feed and do a quick drop on his thoughts on the costume. So if you want something a bit more serious and in-depth, I recommend you check out <laughs> Rob's comments on our YouTube feed. Link in the show notes, people. <laughs> well, I think probably all that's missing really is the peak cap, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's it is a bit. It also reminds me of uh, Life on Mars, extreme version of Sam Tyler's costume. Oh, a bit, well, you know? the revival of that '70s show is starting next month, so oh, everything oh. that's old is new again. Exactly. Yeah, yes. Right. Yes. So uh, yeah. The other interesting piece of in inverted commas news that has dropped mm. is a unconfirmed story in the Mirror has said that there are going to be two new Doctor Who animations and some recolorizations for the mm. 60th anniversary. Now, as Rob did note on Twitter. The mirrors drops have usually been reasonably spot on, not always entirely accurate in terms of detail, but mm. often they've been in the ballpark. Mm. So I guess there's some credibility, but none of the story has mentioned who's paying for them, who's doing it, who's making them. No, it's just that new funding has become available, I think was the 
<coughs> phrase I saw. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, so the two stories in question are The Smugglers and the remaining episodes of Underwater Menace. Mm. Any thoughts from you chaps? I could see Underwater Menace, I guess, because, look, it only needs two episodes animated, so it probably is a bit of a no-brainer. And, the, and, and the hardest one with all the fish people exist. Um, yes. And I was about to say, having and said that, it is the Underwater Menace. So. But it's less problematic than the Crusade, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> well, that yeah. was the other point. Like, I, I don't know why the smugglers so much, because, again, you would think the no-brainer would be the Crusade. But yeah. I guess having just put out the Season 2 box set, it probably does look a little bit too... <laughs> Money grabbing. Oh, by the way, we, we've just released the yeah. two episodes. We didn't animate yeah. the box set separately. The colorization, though, they were going to colorize an unearthly child for yes. the 50th, but the team who were doing, were supposed to be doing that, were actually doing the Mind of Evil DVD at the time, so they couldn't actually do it. So I, a colorization of one story would be. Okay, yeah, along the episode, th- isn't it? I don't think. It's I thought it was a whole story. I don't know. I thought it was just the episode. I, uh, well, well, again, the specifics seem to yeah. be a little bit vague. Mm. Along is not like a Ted Turner conveyor belt of strange hues going over black and white uh, material. Like I was going like to say, like, did, no, you know? I was more thinking like those things. Remember those things you used to be able to buy for the TV back oh, in yeah, the seventies. Oh yeah, in the seventies, the coloured yeah. coloured lines or George Amarado's Metropolis. But uh, <laughs> yeah, look, it'd be. I mean, why not? It closes out season four, doesn't it, really? The Smugglers, and apart from the Highlanders. Mm. But maybe it's a ruse for something else, maybe. It just could be animations in, in, in quotes and could be maybe the real deal. I don't mm. know. I don't know. Doctor Who's answered the Star Trek prodigy? It could be. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting. It's one direction that Doctor Who's never really gone down, isn't it? Mm. Whereas Star Trek was doing it right back in the 70s. It mm. was, actually, yes. Yes, it was, actually. I haven't seen those Star Trek 70s cartoons for ages. Any good? Oh. No, not really. They're a bit shaky. Um, when, when they all dropped on Netflix, I did dip into a couple. Yeah. And that's all I felt I need to dip into. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, look, I remember enjoying them when <laughs> I was younger. <laughs> um, watching them back as an adult, not so much. No. Yeah, look, I'm definitely interested if there are more animations. I've, I've always said animations are a bit take it or leave it for me. I enjoy mm. the audios and for me they're kind of enough. But it's interesting, interesting to see them and definitely... Introducing new fans to some of these stories that they otherwise wouldn't see is always positive. Yeah, absolutely, no, but, but don't, don't forget the Moonbase animation is so good that some people don't even regard the story as being missing anymore. Yeah, thank That's, you, Ian that, Levine. Thank you, Ian Levine. Yes, but it's actually, do you know what was really good about this story? It was actually starting to get a bit of traction, a bit of positivity about the 60th mm. anniversary coming up. So we saw the yep. trailer for for some of those specials uh, that are happening, obviously in November. Yeah, just to start getting that small ball rolling, like the bandwagon rolling. Yeah, yeah, yep. exactly. And not have sort of like late build that they did for the 50th, where like everything was sort of happening. It got announced in October. Everything's on in November. <laughs> well, so, well, yeah. indeed, all, all the sort of the really exciting lead up stuff in the 50th was stuff outside of the BBC. It yeah. was the rediscovery mm. of the episode. Yeah. I remember we got it very excited by the J and T book that came out. Oh yes, you know, yes. One of the best yeah. books we'd read about Doctor Who. So, yeah. look, that'll be interesting. Look, anything they release, I'm interested to see. Mm. And uh, look, I don't feel like I need colorizations, but I'll, I'll have a look. Exactly. And if you don't like it, just turn the color down. Well, look, <laughs> I watch all the animations in black and white on Blu-ray. Okay, yeah. Well, you're doing better than me though, Dave, because uh, sometimes I just watch this photo reconstruction because they're so much. They're so much better than what they've uh, on some of the animations. But yeah. Having done the news, we're going to dive into our podcast of decision. Produce the bowl of Rassilon. 
So our first segment is once again our traditional opening segment for the podcast of Decision. Once again, we're going to do several rounds of drawing four items at a time from our bowl of Rassilon, and we have to get rid of three and keep one. And once again, we each have a Joker card we can play <laughs> to keep something if we really can't bear to lose it. Mark, would you I'm like... I'm starting to get anxious again. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, would you like to draw four items for round one? Absolutely. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Swish, 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 swish. Okay, one, two, three... I'm closing my eyes. This is great radio. Four. All right, four. So I've got Kef McCulloch. Goodbye. Um, <laughs> Kef the Hammer McCulloch. Ambassadors of oh. Death. Oh, here we go. More than 30 years in the TARDIS, Doco. Ooh. Kate Stewart. Oh, this is easy. That's a, no, not really, no. <laughs> okay. Right, well, first of all, Kate Stewart. Definitely goes bye-bye for me. Why not, is that? Not a fan. Not a fan? Not a fan. It's just there, like, just there. You know what I mean? There's no... I've never really felt like she lived up to the potential. Yeah, there's just... I don't know. It's just bland. It's She's really bland. And um, maybe she's wearing a moustache like a dad. It might be more interesting. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just find the characterisation no, really much, bland. Much the and, same. Look, yeah. compared to a couple of the other choices there, I think I yeah. couldn't mount an argument for keeping her. So. No, sorry. Sorry, Kate. You're uh, you're well into the shredder. Kef McCulloch. Well... It has been known that um, I'm not the biggest fan of Kef <laughs> and his uh, Muzak. I think, you, as I mentioned before, Richard, which you reminded me was the, the hammer, I call him. Look, he has done some nice pieces of music. Very, very small, though, uh, particularly in remembrance of the Daleks. But everything else is very much uh, orchestral stabs. Very, It's dated, hasn't dated very well at all. It's really interesting when you watch Remembrance. Mm. There are moments there, as you say, of like really good compositions mm. there. Mm. And then moments of just the drum machine. Yeah, it's really, it's really, really bad. And Battlefield is like, you know, dun, and Silver Nemesis in particular. Dun, 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 dun. It's just really, yeah. So, sorry, Kef, I know you're in Queensland at the moment, and I really hope that immigration sorry, works. Sorry, Mark, for a moment there, I was having a flashback to Hitchhikers where they're talking about um, <laughs> when, when Fort Med meets Hop Lake like, what's that set? What's that song? You know, the. Dun, dun. <laughs> Yes, that's my impression of it. So, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry, Kef. You're, um, I know you're in Queensland at the moment. I hope those papers for permanent residency have come through. But yes, uh, yes. goodbye, Kef and his Muzak. Now, I'm yeah. going to say on more than 30 years in the TARDIS, the documentary, from mm. 1993. Yeah. When we first saw that, particularly the extended version on the VHS, mm. that was a huge deal. And it yes, really it felt like a big celebration at the time. Yeah. It is very of its time, though. Yes. And a few years ago, I went back and watched it on DVD. Yeah. And it's nice, but it feels very dated now. Yeah. Yeah, so it was probably the note I had. I reckon I remember watching it at the time, and I watched it a few times at the time, but I would be struggling to come up with the time. I reckon I watched it probably in the last 25 years. Mm. Yeah. At least. And look, seeing a lot of those people being interviewed was a bit of a novelty at the time. Mm-hmm. Whereas now we've seen them all on making of docos, they've all done commentaries, we've seen things in a lot more detail. Mm-hmm. Again, the reconstructions of stuff like the set of Evil of the Daleks was really good. Mm-hmm. The Sontaran menacing Liz Slade was really nice. Like it's nice. Mm-hmm. I can see an argument for keeping it, but mm-hmm. it is of its time. It is, and to be honest with you, Ambassadors of Death have only just got in colour the last couple of years. There's no way we're putting that back in the bin. <laughs> Because frankly, it's colour, it's Pertwee. If we lose that, then we're going to have a missing Pertwee. And frankly, it's... And look, if you believe the director, it's the first instance of the... Whee! 
<laughs> oh yeah, and it's that, that's actually pretty good. And it's actually a really good story. It it's is. a fantastic yeah, story. I've got a lot of time for the Ambassadors yeah. of Death. I, I actually do agree this actually was an easy yep. one. Yeah. So, so um, Ambassadors of Death. Ambassadors of Death it is. All right. Yeah, very good. Thank you, Dave. Into the furnace. That was, uh, I feel a bit better after that now. <laughs> All right. Here yeah. we go. All right. Bowl of Roslon. Bowl of Roslon. <laughs> One. For the viewers at home, Richard has his eyes closed and is reaching into Three, the bowl. Four. All right, what do we got? Okay, round two. Yep. We have Innes Lloyd. Ooh. Ooh. Let's kill Hitler. Well, that's an early Goodbye. candidate for... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> For keeping? No. <laughs> Barry Letts. Oh, that's oh, cruel. No. He made this. Oh, no. What's this one going to be? Tom Baker or something? <laughs> Captain Jack? <laughs> Are we allowed to mention him anymore? Well, well, oh. it's, it's the character, not the actor. Oh, yes. Well, okay, that's right. true. Well, I'll start by saying Let's Kill Hitler was the episode that season that, that sort of broke me and was, I don't want to watch this anymore. Yeah, me so, too. I'm simply going to say, look, that's that's straight into the furnace, as far as I'm concerned. Go to defend it, Mark. Mark, no, you no, want to play no, the Joker a... to keep that? So, no. Well, so what what was it about it that broke you? Because look, I've spoken about it many times on the um, podcast, but Richard, what was it for you? I've probably been on a downward spiral, I think, with Doctor Who um, since <laughs> 2006. <laughs> <laughs> probably for a fair bit of that season. Mm. It was just the whole setup. It's you know, you've got a time machine. I've got a gun. Let's kill Hitler. That that probably was like, oh dear. Then there was the whole bit where they locked Hitler in the cupboard, and then they're running around on the motorbikes, and then the doctor gets poisoned, and then he decides to what is it? He dances or whatever. And it was just, I just remember watching it. I don't know if I even finished it to be honest. I just went through all that, and I just thought this is just not anything I'm interested in watching. To be honest, I don't care about what's happening in this story. Yeah. So yeah, it, I'm turning that off. Yeah, it was a it was a waste of Earth's resources putting it together, to be yeah. honest. And as my Rob always said, you've got, you know, Hitler and you're locking him in a cupboard. Really, not that you could go too much with it in terms of story for a children's uh, drama. Uh, or, you know, but, but yeah, I, I just thought it was just awful. It's just, it was, it's just nothing. It was just nothing. Yeah. And just, I, yeah, it's just rubbish. I just did not. It, it was. All right. Well, I think we're not going to kill Hitler. That's gone. All yeah, right. Goodbye. My next one, probably to talk about, would be Captain Jack. Mm-hmm. Now, I would say, and look, we are talking about Captain Jack, the character, yes. not the actor who portrays Captain Jack. Yep. So we'll, we'll separate Yes. It off. Look, I, when I first. Saw Captain Jack. I actually thought, look, okay, this this is an okay character. He had a role and that sort of stuff. I do think it is probably a case of diminishing returns as he goes through. Having said that, he was very good in that in that fourth Torchwood one, uh, the Children of Earth. Um, I thought that probably was one of his better outings. To be honest, I don't have the same attachment to any of the new series companions or characters as I do to the classic series. So he would be at a, on a disadvantage just to begin with. And look, certainly I remember going back to 2005 when we saw him for the first time. Yep. I remember thinking this was a very different character. It was very innovative. It was clever. It was witty. Mm. Probably some of the most memorable lines and moments from mm. that series come yep. from Captain Jack. Now, it's helped by the fact he's in two really good stories. Yes. He's in that um, Empty Child and he's in Bad Wolf, which yep. are both really, really good scripts. 
Uh, but he does get some of the best moments of them. Yeah. Uh, I, I initially was quite impressed that they had an openly gay character. Mm. Then I think that they kind of diminished that by making him omnisexual and yeah. doing the whole sort of, oh, in the future, everybody's really relaxed about it and it's human beings, male, mm. female, alien, who cares? It's like, okay, well, you're kind of having your cake and eating and, 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 and be well and, there. And, and, and sort of, yeah. Yeah. And then they made him the face of Bo. And yeah. yeah. As you say, look, I'm a big fan of Children of Earth. I think he does yep. really, really well with yep. that. He's an interesting character there. Look, I could make a case for keeping Captain Jack, except we've got in the saloon barrelettes on the table. Yes. Yeah. I'm not playing any joker for Captain Jack whatsoever. Goodbye. All right, you so I think we're yeah. happy. So it brings us down to our other, last two, which is, yes, Inners Lloyd and Barry Letts. Now, I would probably have to say... My initial inclination would be Barry Letts. Would yep. that be yours? Yes. Yes? Yes. Okay. So, who wants to mount the defence for Innes Lloyd then? I would say that Innes Lloyd played a very big role in establishing the show for its long-term survival. Yeah. I think that he's That's the one fair. that really made the regeneration yep. work and particularly got yep. Patrick Troughton yes. launched well. I yes. think yep. that that concept of Doctor Who is a show mm. where you have the Doctor, a female companion mm. and monsters yeah. is something that he really set up and really got going. It's a template, isn't it, really? He set that up. He set up a template. Yeah. Look, oh, look, I love the Heart and the Hero because it's so different, because yes. it's so innovative, yeah. but can you do that again and again and again? It's very mm. hard. Mm. He really turned Doctor Who into something that you can make again and again and again, and it's exciting, yep. and it's fun, and it may not be quite as in-depth as the Heart and the Hero, but you can do it continuously. Yeah. And there are some really good stories in there, Yeah, but... They're very but samey. Did Barry Letts do the same thing to an even bigger degree? Uh, I mean, I know Derek Sherman gets a lot of the credit in terms of setting it up for the colour uh, and, and, uh, and that era. But Barry Letts, the, the Doctor Who probably we know and love... Yeah, is more than him. ...is probably more the Barry Letts... Yeah. Template. Template or yeah. version of Doctor Who, perhaps. Yeah. It's hard because without Innes Lloyd, there probably would be no Barry Letts. Mm. That's right. Mm. But um, Barry Letts creates Joe Grant. Yes. He creates Unit. He does the he does the Pertwee Doctor. He's the one that is able to take the BBC's growing budget from all the colour licences and go, well, hang on, if your budget's increasing by 50% every year, so should mine. Yep. And Ratings. suddenly you've got a really expensive yeah. show. Ratings, yes. profile the program. Certainly, I mean, yes. it helps also that the lead actor of Barry Letts' time was more into the promotion of the show where Patrick Chapman was very Wasn't. reserved. No. Uh, mainly because of his uh, situation. Um, but yes, look, I think with Letts, the success of the show, and then of course he cast Tom Baker. Arguably, yeah. and Liz Slade, yes. too. Yeah. So, arguably, the biggest assets of the of the of the show going forward in the seventies. So, as he directed Mark, some very good stories. He did exactly, and he wrote the you know the demons, which is a, it's pretty good. Time monster, not so good, but it also his ecological bent in those scripts, and also that philosophical bent as well. So, he had the mutants about racism, which hasn't been really tackled before. Green death, ecology, where the Buddhist theme, the Buddhist mm. theme. So we're in his Lord is very template, Monster of the Week, Monster of the Week. At least with with the Barry Letts era, it mixed it up a bit. Not always successfully, but at least they had a go. I could see Innes Lloyd winning this if this was some other round. Yeah. 
but I can't put him above Barry Letts. <laughs> if Richard you know, grabbed out Chris Chibnall, for example, it would have been a much easier uh, conversation. But uh, Richard, of course, went for the juggler. So, uh, I did. yeah, I did. Yeah, well done, son. So, <laughs> are we knocking out Innes Lloyd? Yes. All right, so does anyone yeah, want to I'm play a joker to keep Innes Lloyd? It's totally round two. Um, it no, is only round two. I'm keeping, so I'm keeping the joker. Yes, get the yeah. joker up our sleeve. Yeah, for a bit I, later. I, I may regret this. This may yeah. be the one that we All move right. through. But, and uh, Barry yeah. wrote the Demons book too. That's really good. It is, yes, it is really but then good. he wrote the Ghosts of End Space, which isn't really good. We won't talk yes, about that. No, and, 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 Canon Lanon. Um, yeah. All right, so we'll all right, well, if we keep Barry Letts and uh, sorry, Innes. Yeah. Round three. Fight. Hey! Hey! All right, All right, this round we have got season four. Oh. oh, the edge of destruction. Season four's already been shredded, mate, so it's okay. Benton, <laughs> oh Benton, oh, and all Douglas Adams stories. Oh my goodness! <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay. Well, okay. Well, let's let's start by identifying the Douglas Adams stories. City of Death. City of Death. Pirate Classic. Planet. Classic. Pirate, Pirate Planet, Planet. Really good. Classic. Um, Shudder. The forty-seven versions we now have. <laughs> This, 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 lost, this lost story that now exists in more formats than any other. Yes, yes, right. yes, for a lost story, yeah. I mean, City of Death is a much... I, How do you I, throw out the City of Death? You can't. I mean, it's much better than Edge of Edge Destruction. destruction you know? I mean, Edge of Destruction's... Edge of Destruction, isn't it, really? It's like, Edge of Destruction has to exist. Yes. The way they set up Doctor Who mm. needed the Edge of Destruction as that third story mm. to actually make everybody get on well enough you could now yes, have adventures now mm. and actually turn okay. them in. It's got... That fantastic confrontation between Barbara yeah. and the Doctor. I mean, that is mm. one of the best written companion Doctor interactions mm. of all time. Mm. Uh, it's also got Hartnell's slightly bizarrely directed monologue. Oh yes, in episode two, <laughs> yeah. which is like it's an interesting performance, but it's very weird. It's even weirder in Spanish. Uh, you've you got know? you've got William Russell's stunned acting, which is just weird. <laughs> but, look, look. Again, I'm, I'm happy to talk up the edge of destruction, but no. is it City of Death? No, 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 it's not. no. It's Scissors of Death, but maybe not City of Death. So. <laughs> oh, well done, well done. Yeah, yeah thank you. So <laughs> goodbye, Edge of Destruction, to being yeah, uh, shredded so again. Can, um, <laughs> now, as Mark said, season four has largely already been wiped out. So, <laughs> but we've got the tenth planet. We've in got there. the tenth planet in there. We've got a couple of episodes of the Moon Base, which, according to Ian, is all complete now. Yes. And the Moonbase is a very good story. It is a good story. You've got Evil or Daleks in there. Faceless Ones is in there. And it's obviously Patrick Troughton's first underwater season. Menace. You've got Underwater Menace in there. Oh, Highlanders is a good story. Highlanders Mac- is good. Mac- yeah, yeah, underrated. Yeah. I don't like it, but that's okay. <laughs> we all move on. But to get rid of City of Death, which is basically glorious. Hmm. We're ignoring fan favourite Mr. Benton. There's yeah. a reason for that. We're talking about Sergeant Benton. Not, Not John, John Levine. Levine. <laughs> okay. Is Benson one of those characters you love when you're about six mm. and as an adult you just don't quite love it as much? In the invasion he was great. Yep. Um, but then you keep thinking about the time monster is wearing a nappy at the end, you go, mm. I think I don't know, he's just <sighs> He's one of those sort of reliable staples. I mean he does go through three eras of the show. He does. He goes from yeah. Corporal all the way to RSM. Yeah. When he's good, he's good. Uh, he does poison that guy in Ambassadors of Death because he's the only one who could be delivering <laughs> delivering the isotope. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> and he does make a very good uh, prime lord. So um, he's yeah. very good as is, is it section leader Benton. Yes, yes, yes he, he is. is yeah, good as he that. is actually. But maybe um, we did yeah. more section leader and not 
couple platoon of under leader, I should say. Yeah, platoon under leader. Um, but to be honest, though, can I ask a really appalling question? If he wasn't in those stories, would he be missed? If well, it was just random, if random, was, random if, soldier of the week. If it was, oh, if it was Paul Darrow of the week, we wouldn't be complaining, <laughs> well, would we? Had Cap- but I'm just saying, Captain Hawkins. No, here. Well, it's a good point you make because those stories aren't elevated by the fact that it's a regular no. character all the way through. Yes. But is he just pl- playing the role of generic sergeant that the brigadier needs to tell to go and make a cup of tea? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I personally wouldn't miss him if he was gone. Would you have said the same thing when you were ten? Oh no, I loved him when I was ten. Yeah, but okay. now I, I just mm. go, oh, oh, here we go again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, he has got some moments of brilliance, but are they enough to save him from but, the shredding but that's machine? That's the thing. Are those stories better because it's Benton? No. Or are those stories? Look, apart from the great tackle he did in the demons, you know, at the end. Uh, no, I, I, I'll be quite happy to, you know, get the, uh, the expert marksmanship when yeah, you're shooting the uh, the, the Harrison Trey shedder. Yeah, the pull the vein. lever, the pull the vein. Yeah, yeah, put the lever. I'm happy for him to go. You guys, what do you think? Yeah, look, um, yeah, compared to the other things in the in the bracket, yes. these are hard. I do love season four. There's some really good stories. There's power and evil. Yes, and that's the thing. You got to think about how many stories there. So it's four, four. And there's a funny see, one. I suppose, I suppose you probably should add a qualifier on that. Is it season four as it stands now? Or is it season well, well, those that are on audio, the audio ceased to go, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I, I think in terms of completeness, we haven't got much Patrick Troughton left anyway. True. To send them back to the uh, the shredder, the Pamela Nash Memorial <laughs> for, uh, furnace, uh, I think would be a travesty. So yes. I think, unfortunately, Douglas's Adam's stories, as it pains me to say, City of Death has to go. We can, can't have a tally snap reconstruction. I, can, I, can, I, can I hear a joker walking towards yes. this conversation pretty yes. fast? Yes, we're just going to use this joker. <laughs> I'm usually the one who saves mine, but uh, you can use yours, Mark. Do you know what? It's just gone Christmas, so feeling slightly generous. I'm going to save Douglas Adams. All right. Oh, so which we'll, I did, but you know what I mean. I'll save the story, yes. yeah. So we'll put through season four, and you're going to play your Joker and save yeah. all the Douglas Adams stories? Yes, yes. Fantastic. Even the 87 versions of Sharda. Pirate Planet's really good, too. It is good, actually, yes. I like Pirate yeah. Planet. Yeah, but um, City of Death, though, it's that, it's that show you could you could show the what the what need, or sorry, the, 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 the not we. The not we. Yes. And they'd love it. It is a very good script. Yeah, it is very, very good. And uh, 16 million Brits can't be wrong. Plus, he did add some of the best bits of some of those other Season 17 stories. Yes. All right, look, I think that's a Joker well played. So, Mark, you've used your Joker. Thank you. And we have saved Season 4 and all Douglas Adams stories. (sighs) All right, Mark, we're back around. Here we go. This is very stressful. Uno. Due. Tre. Quattro. Va bene. Okay, here we go. Oh, Jesus, Dave. Murray Gold! <laughs> Goodbye! Uh, or Mantovani Gold, as I call him. The Fifth Doctor. Oh, well, come they're, on, they're, Dave. That's, that's Can just I use my Joker twice? I want to take back the Joker. That's just um, made for Mark. Oh, Curse of Fenric. Ooh. Oh, you put Ooh. these together. Go on, and? He drew them out. I know. The last story of every Doctor. <laughs> oh, my God. Well. Tenth Planet, Legopolis. Planet, end of time. War, war games. War games spiders, twice upon a time. End Okay, let's just start with the easy ones first, shall we? The um, foe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the time of the time of the Doctor. Awful. The, um, tele, the telly movie. Can we? Yeah, can we sort of split it to say that that ticket there? Every last story of every Doctor, classic and. <laughs> <you know. laughs> 
Well, look, let's start with the it's, easy one. I think okay. there are other rounds where, look, I could maybe make the case for Murray Gold. I know a lot of people love him. I'm not a fan. You're not a fan. You're not a fan. I'm certainly not a fan of so, Nancy Varney Gold, so uh, goodbye. Look, look let's, let's just pre- yep. not pretend. We'll yep. move on. Anybody who does castrati music... At- oh, I... <laughs> My Facebook feed, for some reason, showed that last clip of end of you know the end of time when he's yeah. getting, oh my god it's awful so saccharine awful I don't want to go awful anyway okay the next one is either the Fifth Doctor Curse of Fenric and again this awful last story <laughs> of every Doctor okay. well all right so where do you want to where do you want to go all right so don't talk about Curse of Fenric Curse of Fenric one of the highlights of the Seventh Doctor era. One of the highlights of 1980s Doctor Who. Correct. Yes. However, if you then delete the Fifth Doctor completely, we're not going to have his run. And there are some good stories in there, which also would negate the that ticket there in terms of and last story of every Doctor. So yeah. I think the problem here is that Curse of Frenick is one story versus a Doctor mm. and 13 Multiple stories. stories. Yes. yes. So as much as I love it, and it is a very good story. I mean, remember when we all first saw that? Mm. And we just all thought as fans... Doctor Who is back. It's like, back, yeah. Yeah, well, because we all would have watched it sitting in the at the club that afternoon when they showed it at the Christmas party. Yes. And we also did that season 26 day, I think, didn't we? We did a massive season 26 day the year after it, uh, Alexander. No, I was going to say, first time I okay. saw it was well, it at, the, been, yeah. at the club Christmas, okay. at the DWCV Christmas party. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you, Mark, <laughs> for getting us the tapes. <laughs> And when I watched that story, I do remember the scene where all the uh, the, the hemophores are, are walking out the ocean and going, mm. you're right, Dave, Doctor Who is back, yeah. and it's absolutely chilling. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm. And it's just a shame it just was shot on videotape because it looks so faded. Like yeah. It yeah. does, you know what I mean? Like, it would have been great on film, but uh, it's a great story. But as you said, Dave, we're, we're wiping out one Doctor out of... Um, out of existence as opposed to four episodes of very, 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 very good Doctor Who. Anybody want to play the Joker on the Curse of Fenric or save the Fifth Doctor? Well, Com- well, compared to the other two in the choices, look, again, there would be rounds, I think, if we pulled some of these other selections out where I think Curse of Fenric might have gone through. But mm. compared I, I to the other two yeah. choices, no. yeah. I, I couldn't put it above the other two choices. Yeah, okay. So, unfortunately, um, Curse of Fenric is going in the uh, Shredder. I'm assuming it's a TV version and not the uh, not the extended <laughs> cut, so assume we can keep that. We have the fifth Doctor and the last story of every Doctor. I'm going for the last story of every Doctor because there are some absolute belters in there. Tenth Planet, great. War Games, classic. Planet of the Spiders, look, it's not a great story, but as a thematic end to the, the era. Doctor's era, yep. it's a wonderful summation. Yep. I like Legopolis. Caves is a classic. Ultimate Foe, oh well. <laughs> Survival, my favourite story of the 1980s. And then, yep. well, I guess we're saving well, the telly movie. Well, we're saying telly movie. Really, the telly movie, McCoy, then. Um, it's his first and last. Uh, what was that one with Eccleston, what was it called? Oh, well, Bad Wolf, Parting of the Ways. Parting yeah, of the Ways, that's fantastic. Very good. And then they unfortunately got progressively worse. Well, um, until Capaldi. Oh, no, because twice when I told no, you yes. had to watch if, if it finished on a Doctor's Fall like it yes. should have, it would have been the greatest uh, yeah. exit since Davison. I, sorry, I genuinely forgot about Twice Upon a Time. There's oh. good reasons so, for that. So did most okay. of us, I think. Yeah, it's awful. <laughs> the, the, the power of the Doctor? Uh, we didn't listen to her last day. There are <laughs> enough stories in that batch. I would put it above the fifth Doctor who, look, 
I don't dislike the Fifth Doctor, but he's not one of my favourites either. However, Dave, if you get rid of the Fifth Doctor, you have to remember, right? The Fifth Doctor came at a time where the show was was fading away from the public consciousness. Yeah. Tom Baker had been there for 178 years. People were getting fed up of it. <laughs> the Fifth Doctor comes along, youthful, vibrant, a complete contrast. The ratings go up. You had classics like Earthshock. And Earthshock. <laughs> no, no, no. There's some great stories in the era. And, he, and, and the Fifth Doctor... He got a whole new generation of kids involved in the show, well, including me and um, Mr. Irwin's on the. Uh, he'd be, he'd be yeah, shouting see, down the bloody microphone yeah, now. Well, saying, see, I'm, see, I'm probably a fraction older and see. Yes, Granddad. <laughs> when I was young. And Tom Baker. You, you should have saved season four then, shouldn't you? <laughs> see, I suppose as a kid, Tom was a doctor I grew up with, and the fifth doctor did grow on me, but I remember when he first came along, it was just, I knew he was just the guy from All Creatures Great and Small, pretending to be the doctor. And I didn't really like any of the companions he was with initially. Forget the companions. So, forget no, the companions. No, think about think the, the man, yeah. the myth, the legend. Yeah, as I said, he did grow on me. And mm. I think had his entire era been like season 21... Um, yes. I, I think... Yes. I, I, had his character been like it yes, is in the yeah. back end of season and yes. especially Frontios um, yes. and Caves where you've got I, Time I, of Fire. Yes. Of fire. yes. I, I think had, had his era and character been like that, I would mount a much stronger argument. But I... I I have to say, the first year or so, probably of his run, I did not drift away from Doctor Who, but I, I probably wasn't as obsessed with Doctor Can Who. Can I challenge I something, Dave? You said before the Tenth Planet, a really good story. Do you think is it really a good story? I mean, if they had no regeneration there, it'd be just basically another base under siege story. I think it's a very good base under siege story. Well, it's the original base Would you under rather... siege story, but. Oh. And again, look to your part, Space Museum. To your point, Mark, <laughs> if we were talking about Peter Davison. Mm. That would be one thing because I really appreciate what Peter mm. Davison does. He's always putting it in the effort. He does some really good performances, mm. even in stories he clearly thinks are ridiculous. He's doing. He's his trying. Best. Yes, he is. Um, but it isn't Peter Davison. It's the Fifth Doctor, and I can't put him for, for all the arguments you're making. I can't put him above the War Games and Caves Androzani and Survival and Bad Wolf. What about the other? See, because I mean, we talk about consistency here, right? Davis, sorry, the Fifth Doctor. He was in a lot of poo, let's be honest with you, but he was his performance was consistently good. However, every last story of every Doctor, I mean, you, you, the, the stories you're rattling off, we're all very focused on the classic ones because that's the ones we like the most. Yes. Down the other end, we've got such um, turds as Parallel Doctor, <laughs> Last of Time Laws. I could keep going, you know what I mean? So, yes. Can, can I buy somebody's Joker off them? <laughs> Look, um, we've, we've had the court, we've had the chat. I'm voting for the last story of every doctor. Mark? You're obviously voting. I'm for going it. for the fifth doctor. Richard, I'm looking at you. Ple- <laughs> I, I know, I know. Pleading. This is, this is, please play your joke. I'll come wash your car every, <laughs> every week. I have now. Yeah. <laughs> Richard, you've got to go what you believe, but just remember our friendship will be over. Yeah. <laughs> you've got to vote your conscience. Yeah. No, you do what's right for you, Richard. Is this the bit where I do, do the turlo just take it? Take it! <laughs> Table. Um, enlightenment was the choice. Yeah. <laughs> Is he got a light bulb? Um, I think there's probably only three rounds left. So I'm really torn. So look, to, to keep things moving. <laughs> and to put... keep our friendship intact. <laughs> <laughs> so, so one of your other of you doesn't hate me. I'll put, oh, look, we'll put the fifth doctor through and yeah. I'll play my Joker 
to save the last well story. Well done. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. And I just hope there's nothing in this bowl at Thanks, Big <laughs> that we're going to make us regret. And we're cuddling on the couch for yes. you at home. <laughs> I, as I said, I just hope there's nothing in the bowl that's going to yeah, make yeah. us regret that. Excellent. Uh, All right. Well, we'll keep going with one joker left. <laughs> How much can I buy off you, Dave? <laughs> can I buy a vowel? <laughs> Two. Yeah, that's actually very funny. Three. Uh, Four. Yeah, alright, so what have we got this time? Oh, we go. oh no, this will yeah. be something like Horror Fang Rock Image Defender. <laughs> <laughs> alright, oh, all the Gallifrey stories. Oh, okay. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> Again, uh, inconsistent, yes. Yeah, very. Oh, yeah. Power of the Doctor, Spook of the Devil. Oh, <laughs> oh no! Oh, well, we can't oh, play. Oh, 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 the oh. Impossible Planet and the Satan Pit. Oh. Ooh. And. Ba ba Romana. Both Romanas, I'm guessing. And not the big finish ones. Well, we've saved the power of the Doctor, so that's that's Yeah, true. so that one's safe, actually. We so we can so we're down can to we three choices. <laughs> so we're down okay. to all the Gallifrey stories, the Impossible mm. Planet, the Satan Pit, and Romana. So Gallifrey stories that we would want to save. Deadly Assassin. Yep. Five Doctors. Yep. War games. War part times, part ten. Oh yes. yes. Would you say War. three doctors as well? Because well, that's separate that on Gallifrey. Well, yeah. see, does that include? Yeah, I was going to say that'd be three doctors because there's. And part also, of that. was it Colony in space at the beginning? Uh, yeah. There's that. Yes, stuff in there the is room, a though. scene in the room. Yes, there is. Mm. 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 There's also the Ark of Infinity. Let's not talk about that. <laughs> IKEA. <laughs> <laughs> it's a uh, Gallifrey into IKEA. Um, I guess yeah. that also includes Trial of a Time Lord. Although ah, that was on a space that, station. Oh, that was on a space station. That was, on a space oh, station. Oh. That was Gallifrey. Uh, part of it's in the Matrix. Well, the Matrix isn't on. It, Gallifrey. It's dialed too. into that. It was like team well, viewing. It's dialed in. Deadly Assassin. That's, it is. That's working from home. <laughs> <laughs> Matrix from home. Deadly Assassin. Yeah. Is. I mean, let's if you sort of rank those stories there. Um, Deadly Assassin. Dead set classic. Well, the, hold on. Wasn't there a Peter Capaldi one where he's on Gallifrey? Oh yeah, the one where he gets out, he punches, the, he, punch, he, yeah. keeps, he keeps punching oh. through the. It's either heaven sent or hell bent. Yeah, and there's uh, that one. The, the, the one where he's hell bent on getting through the crystal yes. is heaven sent. Yes, and the one where he's sent from heaven to save Gallifrey is hell bent. Hell bent. Right. right. So that's the one where that he tastes yeah. says rassle on bugger off and he. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah kicks. Yeah. They surround him when he kicks rassle on. Yeah. Out. So yeah. heaven sent. That's mental. Yeah, and that's oh, and also there was that timeless children rubbish because weren't they on Gallifrey for that? Oh, I can't remember. Yeah, I think there were. What did oh, I remember? Well, the, uh, the, yeah, the, the yeah. finale where, where they go back and the Masters wiped out the Time Lords. Yeah. And we Again. have the, the Cyber Lords, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. So let's, okay, that's gone. No, um, well, look, look, that's hard, though. Because the Deadly Assassin Five Doctors, I think, are doing a lot of work on that one. Yeah, mm. and, I mean, War Games, the last little bit. But, I mean, yeah. there's definitely it, but. <sighs> but one of the greatest Tenth Doctor stories and one of the greatest RTD stories and. Look, a favourite for me of the new series, The Impossible Planet and the Satan Pit. And I think I think we all wax lyrical about that when we first saw it. We did. I haven't watched it actually uh, we did, for would, a while. But would we save that over... We've also got Romana to talk about. Yeah. Oh, dear. Yeah. Yeah, so if it was, yeah. just, if it was just a choice between the Gallifrey stories, The Impossible Planet, Satan Pit, but we've also still got the third little bit of paper there that says Romana on it. One and two. One and two. They're combined. And the big Finnish ones. No, um, <laughs> I don't know about this. <laughs> well, I think they're all they're Romana two. I think. I think it's oh, the Romana two plus. They, didn't they have a generator as well? Oh, did they? Yeah, probably, they, they, well, they, they, yeah. Says she was sick of it. Probably, <laughs> probably played by Alexi Sale or something. <laughs> <laughs> didn't you kill my doctor? Uh, look, Romana. a very good character from some good Doctor Who. Yes, yes, Works very well with the Doctor. Pro- probably the 
the shake-up that the companion formula needed mm. yeah. at that point. Mm. Yep. Mary Tam is very good. It's, um, and it's funny, thinking back, you know, as Australian fans, we all used to wax lyrical about Lala Ward because yes. she was the one that had been repeated the most. Yeah, that's she was right. the one we'd seen most recently. Yeah. And we didn't actually get the key to time repeated all that much until no. the 90s. Yes. Then suddenly we all saw the key to time again, and everyone's like, actually... Mary Tam Mary is really good as well. She's very good. Yeah, yeah. Well, mm. I'm, I'm probably going to go. I'm, I'm going to go with Romana. So, yeah. but we get rid of the five doctors, and she was in it for about three seconds. The problem with the Gallifrey one is you've got two or three stories there yeah. that are doing a lot of heavy lifting. That's right. <laughs> really. Yeah. So look, I'm, I'm willing to put the Gallifrey stories aside as much as I'll miss. The Deadly Assassin and the Five Doctors. Can we t- I'm going to tell you Snap Reconstruct those now. After <laughs> right. those images. Ramada and the Impossible... Well, it's, it's another curse of Frederick for me. Like this, the, the Impossible Planet mm. in other rounds would be very competitive, but you're right, Richard. I don't think I can vote against Ramada. No. The key to time will be very much lessened. You, you, you've still got a Joker, Dave. <laughs> he's very... He's not using his bloody Joker, is he? Very cagey about the Joker. He's the ball. Oh. Yeah, he's got, he's got 20 other things to get through, so he's, yeah. he's deserving it. <laughs> we just, yeah, it's usually me hanging on yeah. the Joker at the end. I mean, but, look, um, look, I'd rather have Romana in the key to time well, than, say, likewise. Mel or Adric. So right, look, I'm happy I, to... I, 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 <laughs> All right, I regret it, but I'll agree we'll go with Romana and we yep. will get rid of so the one of my favourite Tenth Doctor stories. Be brave, Dave. Into the Satan pit. Into the yeah, Satan pit. Yes. It's All right, okay. so we're putting through Romana. <laughs> All right, Dave, back to you. Oh, here we go. So we've now got The Savages. Mm. Yep. Fugitive of the Jadoon. Oh, yeah. Right. Series 2 of New Who. Uh, yeah. We could get the Satan pit back. <laughs> <laughs> oh... Oh my goodness! What's this one? All Chris Boucher stories. Well, well, you're not getting. You're not getting. I I can see either the Joker's going to come out, or that's the one that's going through. So this could be a very undramatic round, I think. Well, all right. All right. right, Well, look, we'll 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 talk about the Chris Boucher stories at the end. But is anybody going to make a case for? Any of the others. Well, Let's work them through. Well, Fugitive of the Jadoon, I think, is probably the, the easy one, is it? Oh, I just burn it now. No discussion. <sighs> is there any? No, did you no. not enjoy it? No. no. No? I thought it was one of the highlights of the Whitaker era. It's not saying much, Dave. <laughs> look, look. <laughs> look, look. So why did you like it, Dave? Why did you like it? I, I think that there was just a sense of mystery and adventure mm. and there, there were some genuine, like, oh, wow moments mm. in that mm. that I just hadn't seen coming. Mm. Some really good performances. I just thought it was a, a, an unexpectedly strong story in a season that I was not hating, but, but was it was very... There. It was very ambivalent about it until we got to that story. See, it's interesting, though. I did watch that episode. I think the problem with that story for me was that, oh, there's another Doctor being being revealed, where if they hadn't been done, say, in Day of the Doctor, which I had pro- as we all know had problems with that then, there's another one now who's all of a sudden appeared. So it's like, oh, they've done it again? You know what I mean? Like, it's... Yeah, they yeah. played that card they before. played that card before, and I think, to me, it's just, again, like that diminishing returns thing. Yeah, look, look. Yeah. Let, let's let's not pretend though that it's going to be all Chris Patches. Well, no, it's, it's not. So no. I, um, I think, look, it had its moments. You're right. I I didn't like Joe Martin. I also remember a lot of the fandom nonsense that blew up around it when it aired. That's not like fandom at all. No, not at all. <laughs> uh, what's that quote from The Simpsons? I was on the internet straight away talking about my. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, look, it was it was an interesting episode, but look, I, I couldn't save it over anything else yeah. that's in that list. Bye-bye. 
The Savages Walk, it doesn't exist anyway, so... On audio. Would it be well regarded if it was found, do you think? No. No, really. I, I, from the audio, I don't think so, unless mm. there is something in the visual production that we're completely missing. Yeah. I yeah. think it's a fairly bog-standard story, and the only reason I think anyone remembers it is because it's basically Stephen's last... Last story. Last story, I think. I, I suspect if it was found, there would be a very robust blackface discussion to be had. Yes. Um, yeah. Freddie yeah. Jager is in blackface, I believe. Mm. Is the Savages now the forgotten Hartnell? It's probably one, one of them. The smugglers, the smugglers yeah. Them. yeah. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. It, and it's funny, I can tell you what the Savages is, is about, mm. but if you ask me to tell you the plot beats of the Savages, I couldn't do it. Mm. I, I know a couple of the big ones. Like I, I, I know the Doctor's putting the machine, and I know that Freddie Jager's character becomes... The doctor for a bit, and they smash the machines at part, the end. Part one is set up. Part two is meeting the is meeting the actual savages. Part three is Stephen rousing the savages, and part four is Frederick Yeager's personality changing at just the right moments to resolve the plot. There you go. Did you watch it on your sixteen millimeter printer? <laughs> it sounds like you, you sound very well informed, Look, Richard. I would like to see the savages, but <laughs> we haven't seen it since. So it's no, not. we're not missing no. much so far. So we're left with series two of New Who and all the Chris Boucher stories. I still don't think there's anything in Series 2 New Who that is going to top the three Chris Boucher stories. Well, well, well this no. is the thing. I, I could make a case that the Impossible Planet is in there, mm. but mm. it's Robots of Death. Well, that's, that's The Day God Went Mad plus, plus and Image, image of the Fendal. Plus Series 2 is Series 2 Rose. So yeah, it's, oh, it's, yeah, it's, it's smug, isn't it? It's smug, yeah. you know. Look, I did find her better when Rob and I did the deep dive into series two a year or so ago okay. but where she's annoying she's very annoying plus, plus you're also saving stuff like love and monsters and age of steel yes oh yeah doomsday and that sort of stuff yeah it's yes. not it's not great it's well, not great let's just i mean school union is great but it's only because liz sladen's there the rest of the story yeah, exactly. is actually quite pants so Look, this was actually put together before chris boucher passed away a couple okay. of weeks ago yeah right. so that that timing is coincidental we've been waxing on I think all of our podcasts oh, yes, yes, about I Chris Boucher. So. Yes, absolutely. I think we've all said, look, most of fandom, certainly of our vintage, puts Robots of Death in the top five, top ten. Yep. Spot on. The Face of Evil is just a really clever script. Mm. Yep. Image of the Fendale, it's not his best script, but I watched that again for for the podcast on for season 15. Yep. And watching it, it was just line after line mm. after line of character, of witty dialogue, of proper laugh-out-loud moments. I love Image of the Fendale. I think, I think it's great. fantastic. I think it's so, really good, yeah. Look, I think, I think we knew where this round was yeah. going to end as soon as that came so. out. Sorry, Series 2 of New Who. Uh, sorry, Impossible Planet, for losing out <laughs> again. <laughs> but we're going to put through all the Chris Boucher yes, stories. Fantastic, so. yes. That's good. We have two rounds to go. Mark, right, it's with thank you. you. <laughs> Mysterious Planet. The Mind Robber. Ooh. I can hear the shredding machine. All John Peel novelizations. Dave, you wag. <laughs> <laughs> All pretty Grimway oh. stories. Uh, hold on. I know where this is going. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. Okay, so we've got... Mysterious Planet, Mind Robber, all John Peel novelizations, and all the Pithy Grimmite stories. I could make an argument for all four of those. So okay. I'll, I'll start by saying there's none there that I think are just smashing the others out of the competition, like mm. like the last round. Mm. There's none there that I would just automatically dismiss either. Mm. Uh, if, if, I, if I was getting one probably straight away, my gut feeling would be Mysterious Planet. I agree. Yes. I think it's an underrated story. Yeah. 
But it's not as good as the Mind Runner. No. no. And only Patrick Troughton's only got five episodes left in the archive, so we can't afford to lose <laughs> any more days. If, <laughs> yeah, we're burnt by If The Mysterious Planet was a standalone story, would that be better regarded and better remembered? Yes. Uh, and and I think it was three episodes. I think, I think it is a bit dismissed as it's the opening part of Trial. Hmm. It doesn't really get thought about as its own thing. No, no. I think people just go, oh, after the after the amazing effect at the beginning, it just, yeah. But it's, yeah. it's a whole concept that saddles it, yeah. It's really beautifully filmed. Yeah. The casting's really good. Hmm. It's got some really good people in there. It's not Tom Chadbourne's best performance. No, it's no. not, but at least he's in it. It's the best Sixth Doctor and Perry relationship that they get in their entire run yeah, yeah and it's interesting true. with Mysterious Planet is it's shot completely on video but it's not punching your face like the McCoy stuff is in terms of the lighting because in those beautiful autumnal scenes it's actually really it does look quite filmic even though it's mm. on video so yeah there's some nice bits about it but uh, I, I like the Mysterious Planet yeah but it's not the Mind Robber no and which I love I yeah, love the Mind Robber yeah and if, if Mysterious Planet was maybe in black and white, so we have to see Colin's coat, maybe it might go through. But uh, alas, we can't. We've got the mind robber there, the only one of five, five uh, incomplete trousers. Yep. Yeah, which really should have an endangered species tag put on these. <laughs> that, that was the first Trouton I saw on the ABC run yeah, in the late 85, Yeah, likewise. Well, likewise. That was the first yeah. Trouton I saw. Yeah. Yep, in that infamous 986 repeat run. The yep. wonderful 86 run. That was fantastic. That was great. Thank you, David Hill. How, how um, is everyone in Britain? <laughs> <laughs> we, we were just enjoying repeats of the train near us. Yes, and then people were bitching about it in DW. Yeah. Oh, they're seeing the robot again. Yeah, we are. Yeah, five episodes of Troughton, and again, it's that episode, first episode. It's fantastic. It's fantastic, given the... the, the There's hap- no budget. There's no budget. The hap- It's basically another edge of destruction, but there's, it's actually done pretty well. There's, there's no sets other than the, 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 the white background and that sort of room with just a, a, a lump of tech yeah. put in yeah. front of it. Yeah. We'll call that the power room. Exactly, and the there's sound no, effect. Yeah. There's, there's no yeah. guest cast other than yeah. the voice of Emerus Jones. Yeah. Does it lose its appeal, though, when it goes into the land of fiction, though, do you think? Look... Is episode one the strongest of the five? Absolutely. Yeah. But are the other four bad? No. No. And no. again, we keep using the phrase as a kid, but mm. I was six when that went out on the ABC. And that was just fantastic. Mm. Minotaurs, unicorns, Medusa. Yeah. White, like robots. Like it was everything you want in a piece of children's television. And Zoe's bottom spinning on the TARDIS console. Oh, well, there I, was, you go. I was six. <laughs> I was a little bit more older. <laughs> yes. And likewise. Yes. yes. <laughs> And look, I've met Evan Hercules, who was the set designer on that, and he was a really, really nice bloke. So, oh, um, did he move to Australia? Uh, he did. Oh, really? Okay, he did. We oh, interviewed him for Sonic. Oh, there you go. You yeah. had to find all his interviews and scan them or something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Um, we didn't. He was, he was a hell of a nice bloke. Okay, was, yeah. there you go. Excellent. So, Mind Robber. Should we come back to that for the oh, minute? We'll okay. Think, yeah. All John Peel novelizations. Now, Dave, you read the chase for our forty-two to Doomsday podcast. Like what? He's also did the, the two master plans, master plans, yep. and evil and power. And they're very good books. They are, and they were each big deals when they came out. He, he, yeah, he, he also wrote that sequel to Dalek Invasion of Earth, didn't he? For um... He did write the uh, War ah. of the Daleks and oh yes, he oh, wrote yes. We're all talking Dalek, about yes. all those novelizations, aren't we? So it's everything. There's not just the ones um, he did for the yeah, TR. It's Legacy of the Daleks. Legacy so. of the Daleks and War yes. of the Daleks. Yeah, okay. yes. and, and his Mission Adventure Evolution, which is a little bit... Um, plus, plus he wrote that Terry Nation, and well, it's not really a novel, but he wrote that Terry Nation, what is it, Doctor Who and the Daleks book or whatever Oh, that was, was. terrible. Yeah, okay. Oh, that, that's not a novelisation. No, though. no. Look, 
I'd, I, I don't like seeing my tar- my target book collection being uh, having gaps again. But to save the mind robber, but we haven't talked about the other one yet. But um, again, are some of the books they're doing the heavy lifting for the others? So well, are the evil are the evil and power novelizations doing the heavy lifting? Maybe for they're doing rest? a lot of heavy lifting. But Martha Masterplan books are really good as well. Yeah, and, and even the Chase, which mm. as you say we discussed on Forty Two to Doomsday, was mm. a good book. It wasn't a classic, but it was a good book. It was a good read. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's let's just come back to that one again in a minute. All Peter Grimm made stories, so, so we talk about the ones he's written. Yep, written and directed. Oh, do we need to get the program guide out? Well, what he's written is easy. Yeah. Time Flight, which is terrible. Yeah. Mordred Undead, which is better. Yeah. Planet of Fire, Fire, which is excellent. Yes, okay, yep. And then directed, Full Circle. Full Circle. Lagopolis. Kinder. Earthshock. Earthshock. He should have done Resurrection, but he we won't talk have. about that. Well, Matthew Robinson doesn't do a bad job No, with that. but yeah. Oh, well, he, sh- he should have done a lot He more. should have, yeah. He should have done two every bloody year. Um, they needed him. I've said before, I rate Peter Grimwade as the number two director in the series. Yeah. Yeah, he Be- is behind only Sir Douglas Canfield. <laughs> yeah, no, Grimwade is excellent. And you, you, you wouldn't have her shock. You wouldn't look, have her shock. Look, there are a number that are up there, but I, <laughs> I, I genuinely think, and when you look through that list, for sure, what what Peter Grimwade did as a director was just excellent, and he did it again and again and again. More hits than misses in terms of his writing, you know, because as you said, Time Flight is awful. However, Mordrin's good. Mordrin's Planet very cleverly fantastic. written. The problems with Mordrin are not the script. No. The, the production. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just they're directed the, flat the, again. The music. Yeah. Well, you don't like that. Down, 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 down. No, no. I personally think now, based on all that, I thought it was just his stories, but when you say he actually talked about his, you know, uh, his directional output as well, mm. I'm afraid you can't get rid of Bloody Earthshock, for God's sakes. That's anything decent thing Eric Saber did. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we that's chose just, the fifth doctor earlier, so well. Okay, yeah. so well, we, well I, I have my Joker. So if, oh, we're, if, yeah. we're, if we're agreeing to put through the Peter Grimwade story, yeah, sounds yes. like we are. So yeah. what's the oh what now what what's left for your Joker? The mind robber or John uh, Peel? Uh, so we, we we agree we're getting rid of mysterious. Uh, planet. Yeah, that's look, fine. look, yeah. I don't hate the mysterious planet, but it's not going to beat the mind yep. robber. No, I'm going to play my Joker on the John Peel novelizations. Because of just what a big deal they were for me as a fan. Every time they came out, there were stories that are classics that we didn't think were going to be novelised. And suddenly, Master Plan's being novelised, Power's being novelised, Evil's being novelised. And they were, they were really good books, and they really sort of set the tone. I think that the power of the Daleks novelization really set up where the new and missing adventures were going to go. Hmm. And that sort of concept that a, a larger format book that was written much more for yeah. fans was, was worthwhile. And look... I'm sorry to see the Mind Robber go, but it's my joker. It's a personal choice. I'm putting through the John Peel story. How can I explain that to Mind Rob that we just deleted the name? <laughs> 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 just like my Doctor Who. Let's hope the house has got them uh, spare copies. Goodbye, Mind Robber. Tell us well, can be construction. Last, 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 last round. round. Well, jokers are all gone. Last yeah. four in the bowl. No, so. three jokers are still around the table. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, we have drum roll, please. The Mind of Evil. Oh. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> it's just been colorized. Oh no. The planet of evil. Ah. Oh. <laughs> Is this going to be all evil? <laughs> Dr. Evil. Oh, the 60s, 70s, and 80s by House Danvers and Walker. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh. oh, you bastard. Season 21. Oh, come on. We're, we're leaving. <laughs> 
Uh, once again, uh, I could make a case for three of the four of those. All right. I'm, 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 gonna, I'm probably going to start by saying the 60s, 70s and 80s were amazing books when they came out. Yeah. I suspect there are now not better, but other reference materials Has, that replace them. And we were comparing those to what had happened, what came out before, i.e. the Haining books. And they were, yeah. I mean, as much as, as great a celebration is, these are really factual and... You know, they kept saying in the 60s, they kept calling it, was 100,000 BC? Yep. Yep, so, uh, you know, and there was some great information in those for the first time. There were photos we'd never seen before. Exactly. Yeah. But they're now all on the internet. That's Correct. the thing. Yeah. I, I suspect yeah. fandom has, at the time, these were amazing books, yeah. but I suspect we've probably moved around to the next yeah. part of the cycle. Sorry, David, if you're listening. <laughs> okay, so we're left with The Mind of Evil, Planet of Evil, and Season 21. So okay. can I just say on Planet of sure. Evil... I think that there are two fails in the Tom Baker era. Yep. And that's one of them. Yes, I would probably say it's not one of my favourite Tom Baker's or Hinchcliffe stories. It's remembered for the jungle yep. and the monster. Yep. But the plot's yep. nonsensical and dull. Yeah. The model work is just a giant vacuum cleaner on a black piece of canvas. <laughs> <laughs> You've got some rather interesting bits of acting and like Prentice Hancock is not exactly being restrained there come on Vyshinsky you're in charge give an order save, save the ship, ship. <laughs> and he's just doing the same performance he did in bloody um, Planet of the Daleks yeah. isn't he really yeah he's a um, bit one though doesn't he and look it's sandwiched between Zygons and Pyramids of Mars oh, so yeah, yeah. Um, would you miss it if, if yeah. basically that run went from Zygons to Pyramids of Mars no well, no, well, well so. when I watch that season I do skip it so ah. <laughs> Oh, okay, right. So, Planet of Evil, yeah, I'm not yeah. a big fan of it. Look, it's there. It's it's there. Um, yeah. um, they used to call it the Forgotten Hinchcliffe in really? the early 90s. There's yeah. probably a reason for that. So, uh, goodbye. All yeah. right, so we're left with The Mind of Evil in Season 21. Yeah. Now, Season 21, well, no, I was going to say, so if we go through the stories, yeah. Warriors is deep. Yeah. Under, underrated. I think it's actually quite It's actually a good script there. Yep. Again, production day. Um, we right. then have The Awakening. Which is now, pretty good. Now, we do know somebody who thought The Awakening was one of the best stories of the Davison era. Yeah. And thought it should be four parts. Yes. I think that's a weak link in the Davison stories of the season. Yes. It's it's um, entertaining, but I mean, I yes. wouldn't think it'd be four parts. I, I will yeah. say about The Awakening that one of my abiding, really early childhood memories when I was, you know, a toddler watching on Dad's lap yeah. is The Malice. Yeah. yeah. Both the fate, like, I can remember... And I must have been about four or five watching it at the time. I can remember the image of the Malice face coming out of the wall. Yeah. And I remember the image of the Malice creature on the walls of the TARDIS. TARDIS, Yeah. They they are two really powerful memories. And that sound effect that you have the Malice like like that. It's a bad impression, I apologise. But you know what I mean? That's actually pretty spooky. Uh, Yeah. um, So you've then got... Frontios. Frontios, which is uh, underrated and fantastic. Yes, a really good story. Very good story. Yeah, really good story. We then move into. Resurrection of, of the, the Daleks. Daleks. Or, or basically the Lytton story, yes, I think, uh, really. Yeah. <laughs> Although it's a bit of a messy plot, there's a lot to recommend Resurrection. Is. It is it is a fast-paced, well-directed action story, yeah. which it'll, it is very 1980s. Mm, yes. Gritty, grimy. It's, very, it's almost like the Sweeney of Doctor Who, isn't it, really? Well, it I, is. think, yeah. I think we did say in one of the uh, 42 to Doomsdays, I think if you look at a couple of scenes in that, you probably get Eric Saywood's world view, I think. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think. Yeah. Um, 
We then obviously then go into Planet of Fire. Planet of Fire, which Dave is a massive fan of. Mine, yes. yeah, massive fan. And of course, Caves of Androzani. The best episode of Blake 7 in Doctor Who. Absolutely. Yep. Followed by The Twin Dilemma. The Twin Dilemma. Okay. However, you've got pretty much a full season of, apart from those last four episodes, good Doctor <laughs> Who there. <laughs> The Fifth Mind Doctor's of best work. Fifth Doctor's best work. Well, solid, we did say consistent. that. We said that yep. earlier here yep. that it is his best season. Mind Mark Strickson's doing some great stuff. Absolutely. Yep. Mark Strickson's great. Um, that whole tar- TARDIS crew, actually, of Strickson and, and Fielding is very, very good to me. Yeah, it's one of the um, best in the season. Yeah, very, yeah, so it's a shame that bloody locked Turlow up. They still haven't got that whole two-character thing happening yet in terms of uh, giving them th- uh, interesting things to do at the same time. But... Um, that season is a particular favourite of mine, actually. Yeah, it's, mine pretty, it's pretty Likewise. good. Mind of Evil is great, however. Compared to season 21. But six episodes as opposed to all that wonderfulness in there. Isn't yes. Really, you know, I mean, we've got plenty of other Pertwees to keep us going. I like the Mind of Evil, but I'm not quite sure what it is in there that I like. Is it just that it's a good action adventure? It's the season seven orphan, as I call it. It is a bit, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Like, it would be... Mm. It, you wouldn't be, it wouldn't be out of place... At the end of Inferno, if they kept it going, yeah, yeah, that's um, true. Yeah, where season twenty-one is probably yeah, is the peak of my uh, is uh, of my Doctor Who watching back then. Uh, yeah, love it. Yeah, it's yeah really I'm, good. I'm a big fan as well. I, yeah. think, I think that's yeah. too much. Right. So, so is, is it unanimous, Richard? Yeah, oh, yeah. well, season twenty-one would have been my yeah, choice. Yeah, yep. the Twin Dilemma uh, really sort of sold it to him. So, uh, yeah. thank you, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, do you want to give us our list of the things we've saved this week? All right, we're going to go all Chris Boucher stories, season four, all Douglas Adams stories, the Ambassadors of Death, Chew. Barry Letts, the Fifth Doctor, last story of every Doctor, Romana. All Peter Grimwade stories, the ones he wrote and directed. All John Peel novelizations, including his classic M-A-N-N-A. And of course, Season 21. There you go. There you go. Now, to mix things up a bit for this episode, we're going to play a quick game I'm calling Favourites. We're going to pass this round, and look, a lot of the answers here, regular listeners to the Doctor Who show will know from me, but we're going to hear more from you guys. Okay. We're going to pull a topic out, and you have to pick your absolute favourites. No equivocations, no runners-up, Right. just what are your dead-set favourites in these categories. Okay. Richard, you can start us this time. Ooh, all right. What have we got? I'm a bit thrown off now. (laughs) Let's go with this one. Favourite writer and why? Wow. (laughs) We've just bigged up Chris Boucher, so... (laughs) (laughs) Refer refer 20 minutes. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. I was waxing lyrical about Chris Boucher. I will say, for the three stories he does, he's got an amazing strike rate. He does. Mm. Yeah. Pip and Jane Baker? No, I was going to say, there's a difference probably between favourite and objective best. I am actually going to go with Chris Boucher because I think those three stories, he only writes three stories for Doctor Who, mm. but they are three amazing stories, Yeah, all three of them. You could probably argue, look, Fendale's maybe no, a fraction iffy. I love but, Fendale. And, you know, look, you could probably make the Fendale versus uh, Face of Evil, which one's better argument. But Which I do regularly. Um, I actually think that's an amazing strike rate. Mm. Yeah, look, I'm going to go with Chris Boucher. There you go. Now, do you two guys want to jump in with one? Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll say Malcolm Hulk. 
when you think yep. of like, all the stories that he wrote, stuff like Solarine's yep. Invasion of the Dinosaurs. Yep. And his novels are good too. Yep. Many yeah. of my favourites. He knows how to write a good monster adventure with some meaning underneath. Yeah. Robert yep. Holmes. Robert Holmes for you, Mark? Yeah, Robert Holmes, yep. definitely for me. It's only a shame I can, you know, Robert Holmes, his strike rate is very good. Yes, Space Pirates is a little bit draggy, as it were, but, you know, Spearhead from Space, Terror of the Yordons. And the work he did on, on season on, on Tom Baker's first three years is peerless. So, yeah, I'm massive. Of course, yep. Caves as well. Definitely a favourite of mine. Well, so that's a good thing. See, I can fish Griff Boucher because I knew you guys were going to come up. <laughs> well, look, I think, I think yep. Boucher, Hulk and Holmes is a pretty good yep. combination. Yep. And, and no Pip and Jane Baker. Just double-checking for you there. No. <laughs> Glenn McCoy. Glenn McCoy. Okay. I'll open my one now. Favourite monster and why? Thank you very much for asking me that. I've always liked the Cybermen, particularly the Urshock-style Cybermen. They scared the bejesus out of me. I think, um, obviously, they can go upstairs, which is a big... Uh, all, to, to me, the Daleks are just very, very shouty. Yeah. Um, without Davros, they're all very shouty. With the Cybermen, are very mobile, and uh, just the, the stories they've been in, whether they've been in the sewers, uh, as I said, Urshock, that claustrophobic feeling... And I just remember, it sounds silly now, when I was 11 or 10, you know, walking home in a dark, uh, dark sort of way home from school. I just kept thinking, oh, the Cybermen are behind me because I got that image of the Urshock Cybermen. So they've always done it for me. However, the new series has been a disgrace to them. So, but, I mean, and also the, the, the designs of the Cybermen are fantastic too. You think about the, the, the 10th planet where that you could just, they've got that, still got their humanity shriveled under there. Yeah, and also, you know, the moon base, Team of the Sidemen, some classic stories there. And I will call out, though, the, the Doctor Falls. And what was the story before that? Oh, well, the, well, different time. Yeah, those two for a Sidemen story were really good as well. Just those scenes in the hospital, very, very chilling. So for me, I think the Sidemen... Um, so yeah, it's a lot closing time then. <laughs> again, uh, the Sidemen for me, mainly classic era, uh, are my favourite monsters. Richard, do you have a pick? My inclination would have probably been the Cybermen as well. Um, I think they always move me a bit more as a kid, given Mark's taken them. Well, it's your favourite. You can have the same favourites. Well, I can, but we want a bit of get a, something slightly different here as well. Mestor. I... <laughs> Carefully, might be listening. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Um, if I can have Sutek as a monster, I'd, I'd be kind oh, of jump with Sutek. That Go voice. Yeah, right. Well, I'll have Sutek because I think Sutek, the portrayal, the costuming, the, voice. the whole setup, the voice, the voice is just incredible. Yeah, and the hand on the cushion. Yes. Wonderful. <laughs> no, it, 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 very chilling, isn't it? Very chilling. Yes. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Look, I know you knocked a mark, but I'm going to pick the Daleks. I know it's the obvious one, but I just, particularly those 60s Dalek stories, mm. they're just so evil so manipulative so mm. powerful mm. then you've also got stuff like Remembrance which is really good yeah. I think some of the best stories in the new series are Dalek stories at least those early RTD ones yep. um, so for all the obvious reasons I'll go the Daleks very good very good uh, and next, Dave next out of the bowl three mm. out, so we've got five, so we've got five. okay so cool third out of the five we yeah. have favourite director and why <laughs> Well, which one are you going to leap in for Douglas Canfield? Uh, are we all going to just wax about Douglas Canfield? Is uh, yeah, I, I, look, up? definitely... Uh, sorry, you go. I was going to say, given I know you're probably going to jump for Douglas Canfield, and I mentioned her a few minutes ago, I'll go with Paddy Russell, just to be a point of difference. Oh, fair enough. Mark. Okay. Um, for me, Dougie Canfield, obviously. Harper's classic work was... Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. good. Uh, Peter Grimway, we mentioned before, obviously, as well. Uh, very consistent with his directing. Really exciting, and it's a shame they didn't use him 
ever again. And also, I think I've, uh, from a new series perspective, I always liked Nick Curran's work. I've always found his work, he directed the 50th anniversary, I found his directing style really, um, really good as well. Yeah, look, Rachel Cadillac gets a lot of yeah, yeah, credit yeah. for the new series, and I think that's yeah. very well deserved. Yeah, I, I talked earlier about why I think Peter Grimwade's really, really good, but I can't go beyond Douglas Cameron yeah. either. Just classic after classic after yeah. classic. Yeah. What he did with the tiring and the style of the show was just... Yeah clever innovative and really good and, but yeah but richard you picked patty russell why mm. probably because of the stories if we go backwards mm. there's horror fang rock yeah which i think is just an out and out classic and her direction adds a lot to that the pyramids of mars i got sutek a minute ago and i let's face it and she was one of the directors who could keep a chain on tom baker one of yeah. the few directors yes the few, yeah um you know i mean i know he used to salute her and stuff but she was one of the few who could keep a lid on him yeah Invasion of the Dinosaurs. Yes. Now, yes, okay, it's got plasticine dinosaurs in it that you had to work with, but Story's I actually think Invasion of the Dinosaurs is actually it's quite a good story. Absolutely. And The Massacre, mm. which from the audio and reading everything else about it seems to be an amazing story. So, yeah. I Yeah, that's a, that's a very good pick, actually, and uh, she's very uh, innovative, you know, in the BBC as well, like in terms mm. of coming through the 50s. One of the very few female directors yes. in, in, in the organisation, they said, you know, worked on The Massacre and... Yeah, it just kept going. So, um, mm. yeah, yeah, that's a good choice, mate. Well done. Two more favourites to go. Richard, it's your Okay. Turn. We yeah. have favourite doctor and why. Okay, we might as well look I'll just sit back now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's Tom Baker. Well, look, I am going to go the obvious choice. I'm going to go for Tom because Tom was the doctor I first one I saw. He was mm. the doctor I grew up with. He was there long enough that pretty much my whole childhood yeah just about was tom up until i yeah. became a teenager yeah as far as i'm concerned look tom is the doctor mm. so you know all the others are imposters i have no <laughs> doubt look i have no doubt had i been born five or six years earlier i'd probably be waxing as lyrical about pertwee i think because you know you tend to find my for a lot of fans it is uh the one you saw first but for me that's most definitely yeah it's tom yeah okay mark look um for me, like Richard said, I remember watching a bit of Tom Baker um, when I first started watching the program, but for me, the, the Davison Doctor and his portrayal solidified me being a fan. So from a classic perspective, I, I, I you know, he's my favourite as it were. However, I do uh, I do love all the old classic Doctors. However, I, from a, a new series perspective, I'm, uh, I, do th- I do think uh, Capaldi was my favourite new series Doctor as well. Uh, I know that first year's a bit a bit shaky, and I know uh, mm. Into the Dalek. Some people called him a bit of a um, prick. Yes, I was using. <laughs> I was trying to find another word. I've just noticed. I've just seen some clips of him as a doctor recently on YouTube, and just comparing it to what we sort of seen recently. Yeah, he's just. Yeah, so yeah. I'd, I'd probably go Eccleston. I think if I was. Yeah, he was good too. Dude, actually, yeah, I think. yeah, yeah. Um, and look, I am fond. Probably of most of those doctors, Hartnell would be another one that would be high on my list. But and, and he's obviously my favourite. Yes, and I was about and to yeah, say that's, where, that's where we're going. So no, look, look, I mean, listeners to the podcast know that Hartnell's my favourite. We've done whole episodes on why Hartnell's my favourite. Yeah. Uh, but I will just again mention as well. I did grow up with Pertwee, not because I'm older than you, Richard, but yep. because I'm a bit younger and yep. I was just there for all that's those when the repeats. All yep. those Pertwee repeats in the yep. 80s, and I still think he's a great doctor. He uh, is. Look, I love Capaldi, but Eccleston will be my pick of the new series as well. Sure, yeah. John Pertwee. <laughs> Fantastic, isn't he? Last Thanks. one. Last one. Favourite season and why? Ooh. Oh, Dave. Ooh. Okay. Well, I think we've actually already mentioned this, actually. Season 21. Season 21 for me, oh, it's hard there because then we'll go season 7, you've got season 14. 
Oh. Well, it's season seven for me, and I just think that that oh. is four absolute classic Belters. stories. Absolute belters. Yep. Spearhead, Solar Reds, Ambassadors, Inferno. Mm. I could watch them all and then watch them all once again. I think yes. that it's Doctor Who at its grittiest. Doctor Who is its most innovative. Mm. And I think that they really they really take what could be a limited format and do some really interesting things with it in, in that season. Uh, you've got the parallel universe. You've got the They Were Here Before Us concept. I think that the, the Spearhead stuff is just really clever. And you know it looks obvious now, but it was just new and fresh for its time. Wonderful Doctor, wonderful companion. It's the best season for the Brigadier. I just think it's a fantastic season. I think it's just there. There is not a dud episode in there. And I like to see the the seven episode format. Yeah, some people go it drags a little bit, but I really like it in terms of the story. Just draws a lot. You know, it just goes. It's got time to develop. It's got time to develop. You know, and he really and invested forces in it. the writer to find extra things to do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And um, yeah, look, season seven definitely is a favourite. I, I mean, I can't say. Season 12, for example, because he used to get repeated all the bloody time over here, so he got yes. sick to death of it. But um, season 14, oh, this is hard, man. This is hard. Well, Look, I'm going to go season 21, and I know that the end is rubbish, but I'm going to go from season 21 mainly from a pure nostalgia point of view. I know there are probably there are better seasons of it. From a nostalgia point of view, though, yep. I do like season 21. And there you go. So you've made it easy for me because if I go season 14 yeah. we all get a Guernsey now so <laughs> exactly right Trial wins a prize yeah so Richard's on season 24 I think <laughs> <laughs> which which they just had a massive sale on JB it was down to $40 uh, they're still I, trying to shift it interestingly enough Trial of Time Lord was on around the time I was in year 12 yeah and because we then had drifted so far behind the UK mm. by the time season 24 was on it aired I'd left school and been out at full-time work for <laughs> nearly 12 months and I do remember coming home to be consistently disappointed <laughs> well you episodes. can re- you can relive those episodes for $40 uh, at the moment uh, no, at JB Hi-Fi I, so. I did buy it when it came out and I yeah. paid full price for it so, yeah, I know. so season, season 14 though Richard for me it always probably would have been a Hinchcliffe season mm. yeah. and I know that Pyramids of Mars is in season 13 but uh, I have Always had a really soft spot for the Mask of Mandragora. I'm not a huge fan of the Hand of Fear. No, it's the weak link of the season. But it is the weak link of the season. I don't know that I'd have got much out of the Deadly Assassin if it had been shown here when I was a kid. I didn't see it until I was an older teenager. (laughs) Yeah. And from then on, I've really enjoyed it. I really like Face of Evil. I absolutely bloody love Robots of Death. Yes. And I'm also... Very, very fond of the talons of Wang Chiang. That's right, fandom. I really like it. Come and get me. <laughs> <laughs> and you have to get. I have to get through me first to get to him because I like it as well. Yeah, I think it is probably the the Hinchcliffe seasons really build. I think across their run, and I yeah. think yeah, it really hits. Probably you know, it, it hits its high point across yeah. season fourteen. Spot on. Yeah, it's good. Very, very good. Well, thank you for playing favourites. Thank you. We'll now move to the end of the podcast, which is a few emails that have come in. Excellent. The first is from somebody called Richard. So, Richard, since you're actually here, <laughs> why don't we just have a chat about it? You, you sent us a very thoughtful email about it's our... A, it's actually quite long now that I look at it on the page, but yeah, go on. <laughs> it's nearly two A4-type pages. So, I just look, rather than reading the whole thing since you are here... Yes. Let's, let's just have this as a bit of a chat, because you gave us some very good thoughts on our Season 15 podcast, yes. which I've got to say we had a lot of really good engagement with that one. Mm, yep. Very good. 
So, look, you went through, you gave all of the stories a letter grade. So, Horror of Frank Rock, you've called it a really good rendition of the Base Under Siege trademark and gave it an A+. Yeah, I did give that an A+. I absolutely love the Horror of Frank Rock. I loved it as a kid. I still love it as an adult. It is probably the ultimate Base Under Siege story, I think. It's a pseudo-historical, which I think is the genre that Doctor Who probably does mm. better than most of the others. Paddy Russell directed it, as we uh, talked about a few minutes ago. And it's the best story Philip Hinchcliffe never produced. Yes. Um, look, the cast, the guest cast are, are really yeah. good. Um, yeah. It's one you could show a new fan. I think it's definite top ten for me and yeah. Yeah, easily the pick of the season. You were harsher on The Invisible Enemy than both, Rob, and I gave it a D plus. Yeah. I Look, I enjoyed it as a kid and I probably bought into the whole, you know, canine's really cute and cool. As an adult, its flaws really stand out. I think, probably a bit like Time Flight, I think it's just too ambitious, probably for Doctor Who's budget at the time. Having said that, look, the first episode in a bit's probably not that bad. It's got some great model work. It's mm. got Michael Sheard, so that's pretty good. And yep. Pat Gorman. Yeah, I think the last two episodes really are really stretching the envelope on what Doctor Who can do. Yeah. And, yeah, I just think it's a letdown overall. Gets so, worse later on, mate. Yeah. Now, mm. the story that I rated as my favourite of the season, you gave a B. I did. I was probably a bit more with Rob here. I am a little bit conflicted about it. I've We've just gone and said how much I love all the Chris Boucher stories. I think this one is probably the weakest of the three scripts that he wrote. I know, Mark. Sorry, Mark. Mark's got his hand over his face. Just, uh... just keep talking, mate. Keep talking. <laughs> Look, it's got some great ideas, some really cool moments. I actually think it does a really good job of ramping up the atmosphere throughout the production. There's probably a few not-so-good bits. And as I said, I think it's probably the weakest of the three scripts that he did. Dave and I, for those who listened to Space 4, we were quite critical of George Benton Foster's work on Blake 7, and I do think some of his uh, that'll do directorial attitude seeps through here, perhaps. Really? I, th- I thought the actual uh, the scenes in the forest were very yeah, well-directed. I, I didn't say yeah. it was all badly yeah, okay, directed. Yeah. I just think there are some probably slightly flat stuff. Okay. Having said that, look, Daphne Heard as Mar Tyler. She oh, is awesome. Yeah, she's awesome. <laughs> she is absolutely awesome. Look, it did obviously influence both uh, Caldor City, but, mm. yeah, look, I, I gave it a B. You know that Big Finish is doing a um, Mrs. Tyler Investigates... <laughs> 38 CD blocks. Like K9 and Company, just with Mar Tyler. Or. <laughs> they're doing a crossover where her Mar Tyler character meets Mrs. Puvalitsky for a moment <laughs> to the menopause. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like leaving home in 39. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the Sunmakers, you gave a C. Plus. Yes. I think when I was a kid, this one just washed straight over me. I don't think I really got anything much out of it at all. I think I actually saw that before I saw uh, before I saw Blake Seven for the first time. So it wasn't. Hey, that's Villa. Uh, <laughs> look, it's a bit bland and a bit sort of meh in places. Um, there is again a bit of a that'll do type stuff. I think to some of the direction. Probably the low point I did put in the email. The low point I think is a bit in part four where the canine prop clearly doesn't come on on cue and they're all walking around the set like whistling for canine and you even get the bloke who's playing mandrel involved. Oh, I, was going, I thought it would have been the gatherer doing, falling off the, uh, well, the top all goody style. Well, you know. <laughs> clearly a prop. Yeah, as you said, well, I mentioned Michael Keating. It's also got PC Ventures from Heartbeat in it. So yes, yeah. <laughs> Heartbeat fan. 
Um, and Tom Nova Kelly, indeed, actually. It does. I, yeah, find, I find some bloke, some acres quite boring, actually. Yeah, and but it's more, I think maybe I, I suspect it's possibly one that hasn't aged that well. Yeah. Richard, you gave the same grade as I did to Underworld. Yes, which is <laughs> F for fail. Yes. <laughs> That's still too high, you know, for Chunderworld. Um, uh, look, I remember, I probably enjoyed it when I first saw it as a kid, when I was about 10, I think, when the ABC showed it. I do vaguely remember enjoying it. Then, but watching it back, and I, it is the one I did rewatch actually after um, after listening to your podcast. Were you and, sober? Oh man, it's, <laughs> it's bad. It it's, is. it's not even that it's bad. It's just boring. It's actually terrible. is the problem. Yeah. It's not even that it's bad. It's the it, it's, it's it's probably a bit too ambitious. Look, I think Bob Baker and Dave Martin strike again. <laughs> it's a bit too ambitious. It is kind of that's good enough again, but. Yeah, as I said, I actually was more just that I was bored watching it. Look, once you sort of know a little bit more about Alan Lake, there's maybe a few more things you can take out of it. And look, it had Norman Tipton in it, who was in uh, an episode of Blake 7. You're really clutching at straws here, you know. I mean... Um, The one thing I did mean to do, just as an aside... There is that story that the CSO apparently looks better if you watch it in black and white, and I didn't try that, so... I might have oh, to... We'll have to watch it again. No. <laughs> no. I mean, the thing I don't understand about Underworld is that people bag on about Horns and Nolan being the worst Tom Baker. Underworld, for me, oh, is the worst I, Tom I Baker have, story. Again, In fact, probably the worst story of the 70s. I watched 9 when I got my season 17 box set, so I have watched it not all that long ago. This is entertaining. And look, it is. it is. It's actually... I suspect it's one more that's because uh, you're a fan and you know what's coming, I think. But there is some really fun stuff in 9 There is. You can have fun with 9 But you can't have fun with Underworld unless you're clinically insane. And finally, Invasion of Time, you gave a C-. minus. Yes, mm. I did. Yeah, again, I don't think this was one I got a lot out of when I first saw it as a kid, because I think the first couple of episodes of the Doctors being all weird probably went oh, over yeah. my head a bit. Yeah. But look, it did have that cliffhanger in it, because that was before I knew that there was two more episodes, you know, and there was 26 episodes in a season or anything, and I remember the, oh, it's like, oh, oh, wow. <laughs> so, so let, 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 let's all do it. <laughs> at last, the future of Galapagos is assured. What? What are you looking at? My goodness. Watching it now, look, it's cheap. It's too long. Look, the Vardens are just rubbish. You're not selling it, mate. No, I'm not. And look, <laughs> it was written in a hurry, and I know there was industrial action and stuff. but It's not great. It, it, it's not. The Sontarans could be any generic villain. Yeah. Look, against that, Milton Johns is great. He is. He, yes, he, he is, is great great yeah. as Kelmer. Yeah. Um, and look, I really like Rodan as well. And it's got Max Faulkner and, and, and Tom Kelly again. Oh, yeah. Look, it's nowhere near as good an end of the season as Seeds of Doom or the Talons of Wing Chiang. No. Or so, Revenge of the Sidemen. Yes. And I did actually also add a fun fact about for season 15. Yes, I was going to ask you to read out your fun fact, please. Yes, my fun fact for season 15. For Australian Doctor Who fans, this is the first time the ABC paired Doctor Who with the goodies. Ah. And it, which went on for the best part of the next 10 years. Yeah, the goodies episodes uh, they paired it with, it was the debut of season six yep. here in Australia, which kicked off with Lips or Almighty Cod. There you go. And and the programmer who, who came up with that schedule was knighted. It was uh, maybe about five years ago, given an OBE for their services to children entertainment. <laughs> 
and nostalgia. Well, it was certainly better than the Ghost and Mrs. Mural <laughs> or, or, or Gentle Ben, which I think was the stuff they had on the, the stuff they had on the previous year. Oh, that's hilarious. So, thank you for that email, Richard, or the conversation as we have had it. Uh, a couple more, and we'll just pass these around. I'll kick sure. off first with one from Adrian Sturrock. So he's another listener here in Australia. Hello, Adrian. Hi, Rob and Dave, or in this case, <laughs> Richard Mark and Dave. <laughs> Firstly, I'd like to wish you both a happy new year and all the best for 2023. I recently listened to your top five worst classic stories list makers episode and would like to share a few thoughts. Let me start by noting that three of my five worst classic stories made at least one of your lists. However, I am pretty surprised that what I believe to be the worst ever Doctor Who story didn't rate a mention at all. That story is timeless. Oh, no. Use your next words very carefully. (laughs) Well, 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 he's got the right next word, which is despite Paul Darrow. (laughs) (laughs) That story is timeless, which, despite Paul Darrow's hilarious scenery-chewing Richard III (laughs) performance, is just terrible. It features possibly the worst overall guest cast in Who history and very little acting on display, while the actress playing Vina is shooting for Jenny Laird levels of bad acting. I'll interrupt there and say, although she is bad, the worst is that uh, deputy, the, uh, I have been loyal to you. Oh, Jen- Jenny Tomlinson, what it was, yeah. Uh, my other bottom five story, which didn't make either of your lists, is Attack of the Cybermen. I realise that this story won't make many people's worst five classic stories list, and 30 years ago I thought it was a decent story, but I now dislike it more every time I see it. It just seems to be an incoherent mess with unlikable characters, bogged down by pointless continuity, and made even worse by Malcolm Clark's music. I'd also like to give a bouquet to Rob for listing the underwater menace in his five worst stories. This story is dire, but somehow it seems to slip under the radar when fans list out their worst stories. In my opinion, it is clearly the worst story of the 1960s. Its definitive scene is the one in episode 3, where the Doctor is trying to hide from the chasing guards and does so by sitting down in clear view in the middle of a market with a pair of sunglasses on because nothing says blend into the background to avoid detection like wearing a pair of sunnies in an underground kingdom which has probably never seen a pair of sunglasses before. I imagine director Julia Smith has long lost control of things by the time the third episode was filmed. Having given this bouquet to Rob, I also need to give him a brickbat for including the Leisure Hive on his worst stories list. I love the Leisure Hive. It is one of my Doctor Who guilty pleasures. It is a story that feels fresh and vibrant and represents a new lease of life for the show. The Leisure Hive would probably feature in my top five lists for both best directed story and best score. Mm. Yes, the story is a bit silly in places, Tom's performance is certainly subdued, and the episodes are pretty short. But Lovett Bickford's direction is striking. Yes. Such as when the camera appears to move from the outside of the hive through the outer walls and into the hive in an unbroken shot. Yeah. The story is probably guilty of style over substance, but hey, what style? Anyway, thanks for keeping us entertained through 2022, and I look forward to seeing what content you put out in 2023. Regards, Adrian Sturrock. Great letter, Adrian. Leisure High, I totally agree with in terms of the directional uh, touches or flourishes that Lovett Bickford did. It's a shame that he went over budget was never asked back to the program again because, again, they needed more Lovett's in there as opposed to, uh, you know, your Moffat's, Peter Moffat's, as it were. Underwater Menace is entertaining. If you want to, boring for me, the worst, one of the worst 60s serials for me is probably the Space Museum. Ooh. 
This, uh, nothing really happens, really. I mean, at least Mr. Trout wearing a pair of sunglasses is quite effective. <laughs> well, I, I did my worst list, so there you go. Oh, you can't say anymore, can you? You've done it. You've locked yours in. I've locked mine in. Okay, right. Excellent. And I've got one here from David Beardsley in Santa Cruz, California. Hi, guys. I've recently discovered your podcast. I wanted to let you know how much I've been enjoying it. With so many other podcasts simply reviewing episodes or covering production facts that long-time fans mostly know, I find the topic-based format of your show very refreshing, and your intelligent and articulate discussions are a delight to listen to. The only problem is I've now listened to all your old episodes and have to wait for new ones. There's a podcast called 42 to Doomsday you could drift over and have a look at. <laughs> you could. <laughs> hint, hint. I especially enjoy the List Makers episodes. I wanted to throw out an idea for the Hat of Rassilon that it always makes me think for an interesting discussion. Top 5 Lost Episodes that you would like to see recovered. For me, it would be Dalek Master Plan Part 7 and 12, The Massacre Part 4, Power of the Daleks Part 1, and Evil of the Daleks Part 7. Honourable mention all three episodes of The Celestial Toymaker, and while Marco Polo is my favourite incomplete story, I'd rather be completely lost and live in my imagination than have a couple of episodes found. Keep up the great work and looking forward to many more interesting topics in 2023. Thank you, David. Thank you very much for that email. Given that we will do that as a topic at some point, I won't spoil and give my thoughts, but any from you guys? I'd certainly agree with Power One. If I was picking probably one episode that was coming back, it probably would be Part One of Power. I'm going to pick five like he has. So I'm going to go Power One, obviously. Tenth Planet Part Four, just to finish that off, as it were. Uh, I'd love to see an episode of Fury from the Deep, probably Part Six. Yep. And I'd like to see an episode ooh, of the Highlanders as well. Probably part three. Yeah, well, all right. Well, I've gone power one. I'd also probably agree with Evil 7. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, yes, that's a good one. Oh, yeah. Yes. I'd like to see an episode probably from the Myth Makers. Mm. Oh, yeah. Probably something with the horse, so probably part four. What else would I go with? Yeah, the Massacre. I'd actually really like to see something from maybe the Savages or the Smugglers, like the Forgotten stories that we talked about earlier. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Yep. But... Pretty, let's face it, we Doctor Who fans, anything missing would be good. Anything back would be lovely, wouldn't it? Especially it for the 60th anniversary. Indeed. Our fourth email, Richard. This is from Alex Wilcock. Hi, guys. Really enjoyed your The List Makers Best Regenerations, and unsurprisingly, I had some snaps. But one really major remission. I'm with Dave for the top spot. Legopolis was my first, and it's still the most moving and magical. Our wedding reading ended with a variation on it. Wow. Wow. Mm. I definitely have the K's Sergeant Pepper regeneration somewhere in my five as well. Mm-hmm. Not least for inspiring the new Who style. But would you really say it's the first on his own with so many friends circling? Bit of a smack in the chops asking why he didn't take the bat's milk immediately though. All those years and I'd have never thought of that. Okay, okay. How's this? It's because he doesn't know what effect it'll have. He's not running just to survive the poison, but everywhere's exploding around them, and if the cure knocks him out or gives him convulsions, he'll go up in flames. It's not a bad that's point. Not a bad that's point, a, that's yeah. a very good point, yeah. Well, particularly if you saw part four of the Australian version, where suddenly <laughs> people just burst into a room and suddenly everything's just on fire. And in the end, credits roll. <laughs> if it gives Perry convulsions, he won't be able to carry her. Peter complains enough about that as it is. Yes. <laughs> what if it triggers a regeneration? He might sleep for a week or lose his memory. <laughs> So getting to the TARDIS to administer it safely makes sense until, whoops, Butterfingers. Yeah. Your rewrite of I don't want to go is resisting regeneration and that's why he dashes off to see everyone is inspired though. And the one that got away? Characterisation before and after the regeneration, the explosive moment itself, the sheer build-up and drama, 
by far the greatest of the new Who regenerations and the only one that challenges Legopolis for how many times I've watched it and still get blown away every time. If the Doctor can be young and strong, and then so can I. Mm. Utopia is the stunning regeneration episode you both missed. Mm. The hat never said the word Doctor. Very, very good point. Good point. Alex. Good point. Yeah. No, look, that is an excellent moment. I remember being just blown off the screen by the end of Utopia. And yeah. I, think, I think we all were at the yeah. time. Mm. Yeah. That was very, very good. I, I remember more being disappointed, sort of like, why couldn't you have just let this bloke be the master for an episode or two? Or for the next, you know, five years. <laughs> <laughs> Although he is meeting Dorian Gray, apparently, on the Big Finish uh, oh, audio coming goodness. soon, so I can't wait for that one. <laughs> I, I must admit, though, the problem with this regenerative... I mean, actually, I did like the Jodie one because it was fairly understated compared mm-hmm. to the big sort of explosions of Castrati and everything has been happening the last couple of years. But I really do miss those... You know, like the Pertwee one, that subtle fade in, and um, even the Davison one, where it just, it's, it's, there has a drama there to build up to it, mm. where now it's just, it just seems to be like, it's like Marvel CGI fests, aren't they, really? Well, and it's so overblown, and David Tennant died for 20 time, minutes, like, just kind of bugger off and well, go. We did say in the Christmas special, yeah. Peter Capaldi was giving his speech, was just like, I'll oh, just get on with it. Die, <laughs> a bugger, die. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. Pertwee, I think, was the first one I saw, because mm. that would have been the repeats. Yeah. And I think that's really. Yeah, yeah. No, fair enough. And we have one quick one here to round out our letters from Loza, who says, Guys, Love your show. I'm a pommy living in Oz, so it's nice to see you guys love Doctor Who as much as we do. I've got a great subject for your list makers. Which Doctors would you most like to travel with and why? Mm. You know it's a good one. Keep up the good work. Loza. Well, once again, that'll go into our How to Wrestle On, so it'll be a topic I'll, topic I'll comment on the next few months. But guys, just a one pick from you. Which Doctor would you travel with and why? Sylvester McCoy. I reckon the seventh Doctor. Why? Keep you entertained? Or? Yeah, because I'll play the guitar he can play the spoons. Hey! <laughs> you can have a jam session you can have with Capaldi, Capaldi, though. Yeah, but you start doing... Yeah. No, um, that's a very good question, actually. That is a very um, good question. Um, Troughton. I reckon Patrick, the second Doctor, because it'd be a lot of fun. But also, he, he'd he be a bit of emotional uh, support as well when yeah. you're talking about your family that you miss. Yeah, I reckon pa- I reckon the second yeah, that, Doctor that's is a, pretty well-rounded. Yeah. Um, a fun uncle. Where Tom Baker... The fourth doc be too moody sometimes. Like you don't know what day you're going yeah, to get. Yeah, I was going to say. I don't think you want to be moody, Colin. I think he would wear you down after a while. I and suspect. Stra- and strangle you. Well, McGann, actually, the eighth doc be pretty chill too. He would be pretty yeah. good, actually. Yeah. yeah, look, he'd be pretty good. The tenth would probably punch him in the face because he's too smug. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, I think definitely the second. You wind up hating him. Yeah, yeah. Second doc. <laughs> Second Doctor for you. Um, I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with Pertwee. Oh, yeah, because I think you could do a lot of philosophizing and whatever with Pertwee. Plus, because he doesn't really have control over the TARDIS, you know, at least you'll come home at the end of <laughs> when you go off world. Yes, you'll get to come home at the end of the adventures, and you might get to go to Metabilis Three. That's exactly right. Yeah, exactly. With John Pertwee, not Tim Trelaw, of course. Or, or he might actually take you to the what are the planet of Florana or yeah, the Florana. I must admit, as I was thinking about that, Richard, just because we were recording some Blake Seven space fall before yes. this, and I was thinking about a uh, a line from Blake Seven that the Sixth Doctor could use to the Fifth about travelling with him. Why not? I don't get them killed. <laughs> <laughs> but then the Fifth Doctor said, "Yes, but at least I wasn't sacked." Hey! Well, thank you. Well, thank you to everybody who wrote in. As always, please keep your comments coming. Engage with us on Twitter, on Facebook as long as they're still here. 
and, uh, <laughs> and please do keep writing in. Uh, look, we've got some good topics there for our list makers in the future. Guys, thank you once again for coming along. I will say uh, that I did get to guest in your podcast, Mark, on the uh, 42 to Doomsday Christmas episode, which came out a few weeks ago. It, yes, it was. Uh, Richard and Dave was on that episode. came out Christmas Eve, which is now a long-distant memory. So lots of topics in there, lots of fun, lots of banter, lots of inappropriate content. So it was all good. No, we had a good time with that one. So yes, uh, <laughs> if you haven't checked that out, please check it out. Yep, please do check out 42 to Doomsday. They're lots of fun and, you know, I've known you guys for... Well, a I can, long I can, time, Dave. I, I, I can remember when that was just a glint in your eye. It was, actually. <laughs> remember? Yeah. Ten years this year. And Richard, where can we find you? Yeah. At the docks, usually. <laughs> <laughs> well, other than here, um, I'm also on the 42 to do Christmas episode. But, of course, primarily Spaceful. Yes. A yes. Blake 7 podcast. Yes. We've recently just released our discussion on Volcano. Excellent. With Wagloff, and uh, just before recording this, we did our discussion on the harvest of Kairos. Yes, so that well, was a bit of a slog for you boys. I was actually going to take a picture of you guys actually recording that and I go, Should I post it on Twitter? So these guys, you know, give, we, yeah. we, we were just put off by Jarvik's inherent manliness. Yes, yes. <laughs> no, we had a lot to say on the harvest of Kairos, so that yes. will be out very soon. And of course, the three of us, plus your co host on 42 Doomsday, the other Rob, yes. all were in the Goodies Pirate Podcast. Yes. yes. So yes. if ever you felt the need to do the great journey through the goodies, yes. our podcast is there, all complete, waiting for you. Absolutely. But look, look, thank you once again. It's been fun. It's always good to do these summer episodes. It is. Thank and you I'm very sure much. And we'll be back again at some point soon. Absolutely. Thanks, Dave, for having us. It was great fun. Thank Until you. Until then, I've been Dave. I'm Richard. And I'm Mark. And we'll speak again soon. Whee! Whee! You've been listening to The Doctor Show with Rob and Dave. Find us online by searching for The Doctor Show. We also love it when you write in. Drop us a line anytime at hello at the dwshow.net. <laughs>